What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to episode number four, Danny. Damn, it's is it four or three? Uh-oh. It's four. We're okay, gonna, we're okay. gonna lose. Okay. We're gonna lose track by no, like next no, week. No, let's not lose track. Honestly, I I I kind of like see all those other podcasts and they're like episode three hundred. Yeah, but they actually uploaded with it. That's what we need to do. I know, but like we need an intern to go back and count how many episodes we got. No, no, no. And then just start. I'm saying with the blue wire. Let the blue wire be the only one. I mean, that's what you're doing by by counting it out. Verbally. Might as well, you know. But special treat today. Special guest in the building. We have Kevin Newman, the second, and his trainer, Roy Jones Jr., in studio. So I want to thank both of them, obviously, for coming in the studio and just talking some boxing. Obviously, Kevin Newman is the main event on Saturday nights. Westgate card, and uh, you know, we're excited because I know Chris Pearson very well, so I'm pretty sure this is going to be a nice, good fight without a doubt. And then we get to talk to Roy, man, so much that we can talk to him about. Obviously, he is doing a lot of training now, and uh, Newman isn't the only fighter that he's working with. Obviously, he's got Chris Chris Eubank Jr., who is in a huge fight. So, uh, like I said, Episode four is a treat. Shout out to Bones Adams that has something to do with the card that uh, Kevin Newman is on and, and some of his fighters are going to be on that card as well. Outside of our interview today, we will be talking the fully announced undercard. I know, Danny, you're excited because obviously your fellow, what do you, how do you do it? Chicagoan. Chicagoan. His fellow Chicagoan. I thought it was going to be something different, for real. Nah. And, and you know, like, Especially since you're Mexican, I guess us American people would be like, Chicanoan? Nah. No? No, yeah. Fellow Chicanoan, though, uh, former undisputed welterweight champion of the world, former unified super lightweight champion of the world, Jessica McCaskill, going back down to super lightweight, uh, trying to become two-time undisputed champion uh, when she she challenges uh, Cameron, Chantel Cameron, right? So, uh... That'll be a good one on that card. I'm also excited for that. Also on that card is Joe Cordina yeah. defending his IBF. So, you know, I'm sure Shakur will be looking and he, and he will be looking at Shakur. Shakur goes sometime in September. September 23rd. September 23rd. So uh, that card definitely panning out. Um, but Kevin Newman is going to be taking on Hector Cepeda. And it's, it's interesting because... Um, we had Antonio Cepeda mm-hmm. on our morning show, um, and he's also on this card. So, you know, TBV doing uh, its job by definitely covering all angles of the sport. But, yeah, guys, we're ready for Roy and Kevin Newman whenever you are, and uh, we're more than excited. Absolutely. And so it looks like there was an opponent change, as you just said. So this is Hector Cepeda, not Chris Pearson. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was under the impression it was Chris Pearson. I see that it got switched on his Instagram last minute. Um, but, you know, loving this new studio. Absolutely. <laughs> because not only did we just see Ryan Garcia walk by, so as I'm coming in and I'm like, damn, we just missed Ryan Garcia, I actually get to see Kevin and Roy walking in. Absolutely. So the glass wall's amazing. Kevin, how are you? Thank you for coming. Roy, how are you? Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, man, what's up? Thank you guys for having us. Uh, we're glad to be here as usual. 
Uh, I'm just happy to see Kevin get the opportunity to come back and rewrite his career. So how long have you been working with Kevin? How long has it been, Newman? Um, we started around uh, like 2018, kind of like on and off. and then um, But the last two years, since 2020, since the whole pandemic, we've been working together, you know, day in and day out. So have you been doing that here in Vegas or do you go down to Pensacola? Pensacola. He, he comes to Pensacola. It's better to come away from your distractions. Mm-hmm. He's from Vegas. I can't teach you nothing when you're focusing on your kids and your wife and your, well, not your wife, but your family, uh, your parents. You got everybody here that knows you. It's very difficult to focus on boxing when you're in your own environment. That's why boxers like myself, when we had big fights or, or even just regular championship fights, we went away for camp because you can't focus at home. Too many distractions. Sam, didn't you play a basketball game before a, a, a title fight? Wouldn't you say that was a bit of a distraction? That's not a distraction at all. That's my everyday life. That's what I do for real, for real. You feel me? And basketball and boxing are so parallel, uh, much more than people know that they are. Um, and it's like there's so much into the basketball part of it that I could break down for you mm. that will make you totally understand. But let me just give you one example. Because I played in front of a crowd three times a week, before I fought Lou DelVal for the WBA um, unification title fight, I only sparred four rounds for the whole camp. Wow. Why? Because I was playing basketball in front of a crowd every night. You can't get better sparring than playing in front of a crowd every night. That crowd drains you. That's why people don't understand why some guys are so good in the gym, but they can't do it in the boxing ring. That crowd drains you. If you don't know how to perform in front of that crowd, you got a problem. I was playing in front of a crowd three times a night, a week. And I was highly nervous because basketball ain't my, ain't my thing. Mm. I'm, I'm a boxer that was trying to play basketball. So I got nervousness on me. I'm trying to run the plays. I'm playing the point guard position. I'm out here in front of a crowd. Got to do the right thing against Division One players. You understand me? I'm putting myself under a lot of pressure. But when it came time to fight, I was so conditioned from playing in front of that crowd that when I fought Lou DelVal, I had four rounds, maybe six rounds of sparring at the most. One day, six rounds. That's it. And I went 12 rounds better than I ever went in my life. So that being said, what have you made the crowd for, for Kevin Newman here? Well, the crowd for Kevin Newman is, is performing in front of me mm. because it's a lot of pressure to perform in front of your idol. You understand me? If you put Ali or Shigeru Leonard out there and tell me to perform, I'm going to have a hard time just because I'm going to be under so much pressure because these are my guys looking at me. I got to show them what I learned from watching them. You understand me? What I've added to what they did. If I don't show them that, then what... What use is it for them to come waste their time watching me? So the fact that I'm there and I'm on his back day in and day out, that's that same thing as having an audience. Because for us, we rather please our idol than to please the audience. We want our idol to think the most of us think that we're making progress more so than we even do the crowd. So for me, just the pressure of being under my tutelage is his crowd. Kevin, I want to ask, since we're talking about pressure, uh, is there any or has it been alleviated now that you're not facing your original opponent of Chris Pearson, who I'm sure you knew well? So, you know, that has to have something in itself. I mean, you know, pressure to me is, uh, it's, it could be self-inflicted, you know. Um, and then, you know, pressure can make diamonds or bust pipes, however however which way you, you can handle it, you know. So for me... Um, like he said, they're, they're, the pressure was put on in the gym, you know, day in and day out. But as far as, you know, the opponents, you know, there's there's no pressure, man. I'm just going to go out there and do me, you know. And um, being the best me, you know, gets the job done, no question. Now, this next question obviously might be self-explanatory since we just seen Chris Eubank Jr. commentating on the KSI card in London. But being as though that's another 
fighter under Roy's tutelage and a stable mate. <clears throat> Have you gotten any work with him for this camp? No, not for this camp. But me and Chris, we sparred. We've been sparring together since we were 18, 19 years old. You know, we've known each other for a long time. Um, you know, we're we're good friends, you know. So um, you know, we don't, you know, Roy always says you don't you don't have friends in in your weight class above or below. But me and him, you know, we've we've been close, you know, before we really started getting deep into the the boxing thing. So, you know, um, but I wish him the best with his fight and um I look forward to it. But no, we did not box this camp. And with the opponent switch, has there been any change in the weight, the contracted weight for this fight, or are you still scheduled to be on the same weight as your Chris Pearson fight? Uh, this one is still for 168 because we're fighting for a WBA, NABA, silver, super middleweight title. So, um, you know, there's no change in the weight. It's still 168. Beautiful, beautiful. So this makes the next question even better. You don't look drawn out. You don't look like a fighter that is about to go make weight. So camp looks like it went very well for you. Yeah, camp went really well. I mean, you know, of course we have our struggles. You know, we had the pains and stuff like that. Um making the weight. But um, as of right now, you know, I feel real good, you know. So that's that's the main thing. When you do things the right way, um, you know, you're going gonna to have those pains on, on weigh-in day. Of course, we all do. You know, don't it just because it looks like this on the outside don't mean that you don't feel okay. on the inside, you know what I'm saying? But, mm -hmm. you know, you had those struggles, but, you know, you you do the right things and you put the right things in your body, you'll be all good. I mean, it's Thursday. You look happy. <laughs> I feel great, man. I'm just happy. You know, I'm just happy to be back. Um, in Vegas, uh, two years. I haven't fought here in two years. And, um, you know, I'm happy to be back with with Roy. Um, and uh, this time is going to be some some totally different, you know, some definitely a special attraction, man, on so Saturday. You, you sound like you want to make a statement. Absolutely. Every fight for me, um, you know, I got to make a statement. Um, Y'all know you've been following my career for a while, um, you know, the highs and lows, but I'm only interested in highs. And um, right now, every fight for me, every night out, that I go out there and perform as a statement. It has to be. For sure. And uh, this main event opportunity, uh, how'd that come about? Um, I just got a, I received a call from a couple guys from here, and um, they were like, yo, you know, uh, we got this card coming up. Um, you want to fight? I said, absolutely. They was like, okay. I said, where is it at? They said, in Vegas. I said, let's do it. I hit up Roy. I told him. Um, we actually had a fight scheduled, but... I had to turn that down, you know, because this was such such a great opportunity, you know, to come back to Vegas after two years and, um, you know, perform and, and be in front of my family, my friends, and all the people that support me here. And, um, you know, me and Roy taking a, we took a, a different route for a couple of years. We got a couple of different fights and stuff like that and kind of fell back behind the scenes to kind of rebuild this machine, you know. So it, it's exciting to be able to uh, put that on display on Saturday. Now, I know you announced on your Instagram about five or six days ago about uh, Cepeda, but when did you know that Chris was out? Um, I found that out maybe like the day before I posted that. Mm. Um, excuse me. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I guess he had an injury in camp, so uh, it kind of derailed that fight. You know, um, uh, we were stablemates at one point, but it was a fight that everybody was looking forward to, you know, myself, because uh, the fact that, you know, um, he has a name. You know, he had a name. But at the end of the day, no matter who's put in front of you, it's your job to go out there and perform and put on the best performance that you could put on. So whether it be Chris Pearson, Hector Zepeda, or whoever, that's all I have to do. Kevin, got to ask you, uh, some people would say that there's pressures of fighting at home. You know, people calling you up for tickets. Yeah. You know, uh, 
things like that. Do you feel any of that now that the fight is only a few days away? I mean, you know, this, I, I've been around the block a few times with this, you know, so I came up fighting here uh, on, on under Mayweather Promotions at the, you know, on all, all the cards right. out here. So, you know, this time it's like, I put everything to the back burner. And, um, you know, I put I post the link. You know, if you need the link, you know where the link to the tickets is. Of course, you know, my family, they're, they're taken care of, you know, my close friends. But as far as that, man, you know, I, I'm not putting that extra pressure. I, I made those mistakes before. You know, people, of course, are going to ask. But, you know, I just redirect them to someone else and just focus on what I need to focus on. Roy, uh, congratulations getting inducted this past weekend. Uh Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. Talk about it. How was that moment to share it along? Not just yourself, but so many other great legends. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. Um, Share it with so many great legends was a beautiful thing. And to be honest, man, it's like, it's very diplomatic and it's different. But for God to bless you to be, I mean, amongst the elite, and even in this day and age, there was two people that got put in 21. That was myself and Floyd Mayweather. How much, more, how much better than that can you get? You understand me? So it's like, it was an awesome night. Everybody had very good speeches. Everybody was very classy. And um, I really appreciated it. And I really enjoyed it. And I just want to say thank you to the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame again for doing a great job on that night. Looking back on your career, Roy, uh, when you were a fighter, what did you see as the ultimate achievement to you? You know, you did a lot of great things. But during the time that you were fighting, what, what was the pinnacle for you as a fighter? What you mean? As far as accomplishments, as far as your goals. You saying when I was fighting? Yes, when you, know you my, were you fighting. Know, you know what my goal was? To be the best dude in my weight class, period. And once I conquered my weight class, go up and conquer the next one. And I wanted the baddest, best fighter to whoever was close by me. You didn't have to be in my weight. If you was close, I need to see you. Because I wanted to prove that I was pound for pound the king of the hill. You understand me? That's why at one point I had seven belts as a light heavyweight. I moved up at 60. I couldn't do it because of the promotional, promotional issues. I wasn't with particular promoters, so you weren't going to get shots at particular champions. At 68, I couldn't do it because, once again, I wasn't with particular promoters and you wasn't going to get the opportunity. So I went to 75. A lot of people were clean. Only belt I couldn't get was the one that Darius Mikulczewski had over there in Germany, and he wouldn't bring it over here. But if I got seven and you got one, who's the king of the hill? I am. So if you want to see me, come to the bottom of my hill and walk up. I got you. I want you to come to it because anybody that wanted, I want to give it to you. And that's just that simple. That's who I was. I woke up every day looking for the next challenge. You understand me? That's just the way I was taught. That's how I learned from the old school. That's how I learned from the Rocky Marcianos, the Sugar Ray Robinsons, the Sugar Ray Leonard, the Muhammad Ali, the Thomas Hitman's Hearns, the Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran started as a lightweight. Some of his most memorable fights were at welterweight and middleweight. You understand me? Absolutely. Come on, bro. That's a man that's going hunting for the best. That's what I was taught. That's who I was fed by. Those guys fed my spirit before I became a boxer. You understand me? They fed my spirit before the world knew who I was. So when I saw what they did, same spirit I had. And I just wanted to play King of the Hill. But that was just my way. That don't mean that's for everybody, but that was just my way. What fighters in boxing today do you believe have that same mentality and display it? Numero uno is Terrence Crawford. <laughs> Uh, I think number two, Canelo wanted to. He tried. I mean, he did. He took it for as he could, and he displayed it. He kept going up and up and up for until he reached his pinnacle. Then he got to come back down, but he did try. So you got to get it to him too. But I think Bud Crawford uh, definitely wants to be the best anywhere around. He don't care about his weight class. He'll go up or down. He just he just want to fight the best. And uh, 
Uh, it's a lot of guys that probably are like that. They just haven't had the opportunity to show it yet. Um, even my man. Um, I mean, Roy, he goes up and down, but he doesn't go up and down. Like Canelo went from 60 to 68, then the 75, back down to 68, back up to 75. Like Terrence, I love him. He's doing his thing, but he'll stay in a division until he's done, get to the next division until he's done. He's been at 47, waiting until he gets that big fight to be done. He didn't move up to 54. He could challenge Jamel Charlo. Yes, he's been vocal, but that hasn't happened. Gennady, like, if people was asking Floyd, who was a 47-pounder to fight Gennady, why can't you fight 40-year-old Gennady? Like, Canelo's jumping around. You know, other guys are taking... You talking about Crawford? Yeah, I'm talking about Crawford. Let me say this for, for, for just for you. Crawford is a guy, he believes in what I believed in. You can't go nowhere till you clean out the division. So truthfully, Canelo should never left 68 until he cleaned out 68 because there's a David Benavidez there, there's a Charlo there. You shouldn't left 68 until you cleaned out 68. Crawford wanted to clean it out before he leave. He cleaned out 40 before he went to 47. But yes, you the, yourself... Wait, let, me finish, let, me finish, let me finish. He trying to clean out 47, which is why he want to fight the next best fighter there, which is Errol Spence, before he even think about going to see Charlo, which he should do because if you're not the best at 147, who believes you're going to go up and beat Charlo? So you got to have a reason. You got to create some merit to your... It got to be a method to your madness. I mean, you just said it. Your own career. You said, I wasn't with certain promoters, that so too. I couldn't get certain champions. That too. Crawford's not with certain promoters, yep. certain entities. He can't get certain champions. <clears throat> so you made it happen somewhere else. Go make it happen somewhere else. No, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But what I'm, what I'm saying, having with Charlo and, and uh, uh, Spence, that's the same place. So he got to go somewhere outside them two yeah. because that's the same place. So it don't make sense well, to go. I mean, there was an I'm opportunity. Saying, I'm saying it, it don't make sense to go to Charlo, who's bigger, when they were the same person. Well, see, there was a small window. I don't know when you, if you remember, um, I think you called that fight. I'm not sure. But anyway, never mind that. Carlos Adamas lost to Patrick Texeria. Texeria mm-hmm. won the 54 pound title. It was on the same side of the street mm-hmm. um, when Crawford was still over there. Right. But you know, he mentioned it. I'm not saying he didn't mention it. It just didn't happen, you know. Uh, but guys like Canelo, they are taking them. And I know Canelo's in a promotional different, obviously. Situation. He, yeah, he can do what so, he wants. So so, 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 so let me just say this much, too. The game has changed. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, the way Mayweather did the game, changed the game a lot because it showed people that if you do certain things, you can make a lot of more money while you're doing the same. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So now guys have to also factor in, where is my payday? You understand me? Me, I didn't have sense of the factoring no payday. I just wanted to win. <laughs> you understand me? So I did it not necessarily the smartest way, but the way that I was taught to do it. You feel me? Crawford and them now understand that, you know, I can go fight that guy, but if I lose to that guy who's bigger than me and I have no real reason to go up there and fight him right now, as except that I want the WBA or whatever title it was at super middleweight, I mean, at dream middleweight, why would I not wait for my payday fight with Spence, who I think I truly can beat? You feel me? So that's the way probably... I just don't want him to lose because he was waiting. Yeah, but it's too it, late for that. Now, it, he, look how long he done waited. It's too late. It's too late. They both waiting. So it's too late for that. And yeah. I understand what you're saying, but it's like it's too late for that. So here's the fact of the matter is, it ain't going to be because you're waiting. The fact of the matter is, you know that fight is glooming, he know that fight is glooming. So if you're sitting around waiting, then you're crazy. Because if you're going to do it, you should be staying ready to do it. If you're not going to do it, then go ahead and do something else. That's true. So but I'm that's what saying. you got to do in boxing. You got to so make them out of so, so how, how, how much longer? A lot of rumors saying November. Yeah, I was going to say, how much longer, Roy? We haven't seen Terrence in the ring since November. 
a lot of rumors are saying November, the same weekend that he fought last year against Sean Porter. How much longer do you think is too long? Um, if it didn't happen in November, if I was talking about, I'd walk away from it and go ahead, go ahead and start looking for the next best, th next best thing because y'all got to remember, there's a young guy coming up who I would love to see him fight too by the name of Jerron Ennis. Mm. You understand me? Mm -hmm. So that's another good fight. We can move on to a bigger, better fight or a better fight because if this we can't get this guy in the ring, go to the next best best opponent. And Ennis, I think right now, is the better opponent uh, outside of Spence. Uh, I like Spence. I think that Spence fight is one of the best fights that can be made right now. People ask me not long ago, what fight do you want to see? I want to see Crawford and Spence. Because, yeah, we we all have our certain thoughts about it, but our thoughts don't mean a thing. That's two great fighters. I want to see those two great fighters with no losses on their record get in there and show us is what we think is true. You Absolutely. understand me? So, I mean, both fighters are great fighters. I just want to see them fight. And it's good for both of them, and it's good for boxing. Because if they have a very good one match, we're going to all want to see it again. If they have a very good two fights, we're going to all want to see it again. <laughs> you understand me? Before they get to Ennis. Kevin, do you... I guess, fantasize of having a nemesis in boxing like that, the way that Mayweather had Pacquiao, and obviously Wilder has Joshua, and now we're talking Terrence has his Earl. Do you want to have your whoever's across the ring that you believe is a big fight that the public would love? Of course. I mean, all fighters want to have that that rival opponent, you know, um, someone that it's a pick and fight to the people where people get behind this guy and they get behind you. You know, as as a competitor, you want that. Um, absolutely. You know, so definitely, you know, moving forward in my career, um, you know, the further I get, I'm looking forward to those type of challenges for sure. And having this be your second fight of the year, it yeah. seems like there may be time. Is that something you and the team are considering if you can get through this the way you expect to get another one in before the end out? We want to be as active as possible. Of course, we're not looking past this Saturday, but activity is is a must and uh and and key for me right now. You know, I'm I'm a late bloomer, but I'm entering my physical prime. You know, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt mentally, physically, uh speed, power, everything is is adding up. So it's like now is the time to get that ball rolling and just be extremely busy. How was it out in Pensacola? I've never been up that far. I have a house in uh Sarasota, mm -hmm. which has got to be like five hours Eight. from you. Eight? Look Eight. at that. <laughs> Damn, I'm he thinking was, we could just drive. He was just asking me in the elevator, like, yo, so how many hours you think it is from Pensacola if we ever go see them train? I'm like, I think five. He's, You guys are up there, but how is it out there? I love it, man. Um, It's 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 home to me now, you mm. know, uh, home away from home. Um, I damn near feel better there than I do here, you know really? what I'm saying? Yeah, man, I, I enjoy, you know, um, the weather, the training, you know, the, the focus that I have. It's a, it's a small, it's a small place, but I mean, it's, it's, it's good people down there, um, you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just for me right now, you know, so I really like it. I really enjoy being there and it's just like a place of like just peace for me. It's like 86 degrees today out there, but I thought it, Roy, I mean, obviously you know more. Doesn't it get cold up there, though? Heck yeah, it gets cold up there. And the winter time, it gets really it get? it gets like, uh, We had it down to 15 degrees. Damn. Yeah. Whoa. It gets cold. 18 feels like you're in a freezer because of the humidity. So it gets, it gets very cold there. But Speaking of that humidity, was it better for you to lose weight? I mean, I'm sure those runs, you was coming back so because I sweat like Dog out Man, there. listen, training in, in Florida is, uh, that humidity is different. Yeah. I mean, the runs, the training in the gym, I mean, those, that type of humidity gets you ready for whatever, you know, and um, it just, it it does, you know, it really does 
suck the the life out of you and drain you, but it makes you that much stronger. You know, when on fight night, you you know that you've been through all that those type of uh th- that that type of stuff. You know, that type of climate. Mm-hmm. So you know, on fight night, it's like you know we're in the air conditioning now, so it's all good. So being as though that you've been out here in Vegas and have done numerous camps here, yeah. which do you find easier in terms of climate and weather uh, to lose the weight? Um, Florida, okay. Florida, Florida for sure. Um, because just like I said, the humidity just makes you sweat like crazy. Um, but I mean, it's a little easier to train here in the sense of, you know, you don't, uh, you don't drain out as quick, but training in, in his gym at the, at the ranch, I mean, it's, it's some different, ain't no AC, mm. you know, you in a, in a big old plane hanger and, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing but just hot, humid, humid air with fans blowing more humid air on you. No mosquitoes? Oh man, it's, it's some of the craziest bugs you ever see out there, man. Listen, they got snakes. They got that I haven't seen yet, but they got snakes. They got. I seen a moth in the in the gym one day. It was like this big, no lie. Um, you know, they got all kind of bugs, all kind of flies. Flies land on you and bite you while you're training. All kind mm, of crazy. Man, you stuff. better keep a little deuce deuce on man, you. Listen, <laughs> keep, keep you, got, you got listen, listen. He got them all. He got them all out there. You got to have it. You got to have it out there, man. Because like, it's it's a it's definitely a it's a wild place, man. But it's it's what I love about it is. You go out, you know, you see all the animals and you see the, you know, the birds, you see the ducks, you see the, the roosters, you see, you see everything, man. It's just, it just, you know, it gives you a different outlook on life when you can see, be around all these different animals, see how they move, see how they act and stuff like that. And um, it's just a cool place to be, man. I, I see why, you know, he uh, spent a lot of time out there during his career. How was that very first camp? Did you ever have that? I, I got to get out of here moment because, you know, you're a city slicker, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah, listen, so I came down there. I said, wait a second. I said, you know, this is my idol. You know, this is my favorite fighter. So I come down there. I seen the highlight videos of him training and stuff. I get down there and I'm like, this is how Roy Jones trained? This is, this is, this is what the man himself did? And I was like, man, I don't know about this. So I was like, I don't know if I could get in shape for a fight like this. So, so because it was basically centered around shadow boxing because he's teaching fundamentals. We're not doing flash pads. i done all that. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I did that from the day I started boxing. But learning the fundamentals was where I missed out a lot on. You know, so he was breaking it down and we were shadow boxing for days. And I, I remember him coming back because one day I was just like, I didn't feel like I was training hard enough. But then he put me through a real, a real session and he was like, can you get in shape for a fight like this? I said, oh yeah, absolutely. And and ever since then, you know, I trust his training methods more than anything I've ever done. Sometimes when you're comfortable doing something, you think it's the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. So you get used to doing it. Like I thought that hitting the heavy bag and the pads and everything every single day was what I needed to do. But in reality, I got burnt out, you know, having, you know, three fights back to back and doing the same thing in camp for, you know, eight weeks at a time back to back to back to back. And it's just like, your mind's not working. It just bores you. By the time you get to the, the la- by the time I got to my last camp, I was just bored. And I was just like, just going, just going through the motions at that point. Didn't mean I wasn't hungry, but it was just boring. I mean, with him, we learn something new every single day or we build on something that we learned the previous day. So it just continuously heightens your game, man. Now I got to ask, obviously it's, it's the country. So yeah. how's the sparring? I mean, we, we, you know what? Roy has some good fighters um, around my weight class that I get a chance to spar with, but we bring guys in. Guys come from Alabama. They come from, you know, we'll go to New Orleans to spar. 
Um, you know, they come from all around and they come. They if Roy calls, they come. So, you know, sparring is never an issue. And it's it's not necessarily the the caliber because, but it's about what you do in the sparring. And that's what I'm starting to learn. It's being at being in uh in Floyd's gym from when I was younger and growing up, I got to box with a lot of really good fighters, you know, Badu Jacks and uh, Andre Anthony Durrell, a lot of guys I got to box with. So I, I, learned, I had a good learning curve with that. But it comes a time when, you know, you got to be the, able to go out there no matter who you're boxing with and execute whatever it is that your coach wants you to execute. Mm-hmm. So with me, Roy, what Roy will do with me is he'll give me one hand. So I only got one hand and I got to figure out how to get this, that, and this off just this one hand. So that's it's it's like taking something away from you, but it's adding to your it's adding to your game. So it's making you so much dominant with just one of your weapons. Now, what about when you add the second one? And what about when you add all the other stuff? So it's like if he knows that I'm going to, I'm gonna spar with a guy that's not necessarily on my level, okay, cool. Well, we're taking I'm taking all these these tools from you. Now you gotta figure out how to do it. while he's trying to come knock your head off, you gotta figure it out with just this one. I gotta ask, uh, Ness <clears throat> thinks that Roy has implemented a lot of his style into Chris Eubank Jr. Absolutely. Um, do you feel that you've picked up some of Roy now that you've been under his tutelage? Well, when I first started boxing, I wanted to box like Muhammad Ali and Roy Jones, right? So I used to just watch all their stuff. Now, I used to do things that they would do, but I never understood how to do them. So, of course, learning from him, you're going to pick up things, but it makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? He makes it make sense. And, and he show, you could literally go back. We'll work on some in the gym. And you go back and watch one of his fights and you see him do it. I send him stuff all the time. And I'm like, man, I, you just showed us this in the gym and you see that it works, you know? And uh, that's the thing. So with Chris, I think it's not necessary that he's trying to fight like Roy or I'm trying to fight like Roy. No, we, we are ourselves, but he's adding different wrinkles to our game. You know, he's helped Chris get his feet together. Chris used to, I mean, Chris had no feet. And now you see Chris move around and everybody's saying, oh, he's trying to fight like Roy. No, he's using more attributes, he's adding more attributes to his game. Does he, does that mean he needs to box and move against every fighter he, he fights? No, there's some, some guys, he, he gonna have to go, go out and get him up out of there, but he had, he already had that. So now Roy's adding other wrinkles to his game. Same thing with me. It's like, he's teaching me how to use all my tools. It's good to have speed. It's good to have reflexes and power. What if you don't know, what if you don't know how to use it correctly? You know? So it's like, no one, we're not going to be Roy Jones. There's only one Roy Jones. There's only one Kevin Newman. There's only one Chris Eubank. The, be- the best thing about it is, is he always says it. He works with our DNA. If he knows we have fast hands, we have fast feet, and we got solid power, he can do certain things with us that he may not be able to do with other guys. But the fundamentals are all the same. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's the best way to break it down. Yeah, so I never uh, use... I always use it as a term, a term of endearment when I'm talking about Roy and Chris. I feel like you've done a magnificent job with him. I, I say sure. I say this generation's Roy Jones. Like, I haven't seen anyone throw the triple left hook other than you. So uh, I, I think he's doing great under and he, your tutelage. And he's doing it effectively. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you said, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So when we're seeing it, it's like, it ain't like he trying it because Roy made it make sense. So when mm-hmm. he doing it, it makes sense. So I put it like this. My last fight, I, um, we were we were on our way from New Orleans. We were sparring. He said, Kevin, man, you're so fast. He said, you're quick enough to get a lead left hook off to the body on anybody, whether they throw a jab, whether they throw a right hand, or you could just go with it. I said, really? I said, okay, cool. So 
I was like, okay. Two, this is two weeks before our fight. I go and camp and I start working on it. Next thing you know, I told the, uh, one of the guys, I said, I'm going to knock this, this dude out with a left hook to the body. But the reason was because he showed me how to set it up. So I went out there, I implemented it, came back around, implemented it again, came back around, implemented it. Next thing you know, I got it. And it, it was something that, you know, you got people hitting you up like, wow, it's, it was never about the opponents, what I went out there and did. You know, um, you know, even Jake Paul, he's my guy. He hit me up and was like, nasty, brother. He was like, that was a beautiful shot. So it, it circulated around, um, you know, and, and people love what they saw. So it's like, those are the type of things that he teaches you how to go out there and do. You know, he can't fish for us, but he could teach us how to fish. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's the thing. When you see these things with Eubank, he can't go out there and throw three left hooks for Eubank, but he could teach us how to do it, how to do it effectively. You know, so that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that's what it's all about. Like you said, you've been with Roy since 2018. That's about four years. What, what do you think it is about yourself that it sounds like things are starting to go the way you've always wanted to, to go now? So what do you think it is about this version of you that's more susceptible, I guess, to, I don't know, learning, and, maybe? And, and no, the growth? Or- it's, 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 it's one word, confidence. Confidence in what you're doing. You know, when you go out there and you uh, you take nothing, take, I take nothing away from the the trainers that I've been. They got me as far as they could get me, and they did a hell of a job. But the confidence comes from constantly learning and constantly seeing that what you're learning works. I mean, how could you not be confident in what you're doing? You know what I'm saying? Not saying that I wasn't before, but it's different now because I'm in my element. You know, he's working with my tools, and and we got we have a great chemistry. And when you see that you're doing things that pleases your idol, it makes you even that much more confident. Because he's no, he's not an easy person to please. And, and to be honest with you, his wife is the hardest person to please. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you like this, she came up with the human highlight reel, which is him. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a certain level. Standard. She's certain, got a standard. It's, it's a standard. And, and we joked about it my last day sparring, but it's a certain standard. It's like putting on Michael Jackson's shoes. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Those black shoes he has and those white socks. It's hard to get in there and, and do them same dances the way he did it. Mm-hmm. But if you could go out there and entertain and, and, and do somewhat of that, you know, it's, it, it makes it that much better. So it's like when you have these type of uh, eyes on you constantly 24-7, like Roy said, how can, you not, how can you not get better and get more confident? Because it's, that's, that's really all it's ever boiled down to me. That's why you always see me. You see me go up and you see me come down. You see me go up and you see me come down. Now I'm like, boom, boom. And that's just that's that's why I plan on taking it just straight up to the top. Let me ask you this: Have uh, has there been a moment where you've like, damn, like he's disappointed in me, or like I fucked up? Um, because we hear certain people talk about um their idols, yeah, you know, being let down in them. You know, yeah. J Cole made a whole freaking song about letting Nas down, right? So has that happened with you where? You know, maybe he was disappointed, or, you know, just didn't approve of something. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know that. That that happens. That's that's life, you know. Um, you know, he he's he's never completely just been like, man, you know, I didn't like. No, nah, it's just like I know you're better than that. I know you have that much more in you, but we're gonna pull it out. So that's what it's all. That's what it is. It's like for me, it's like, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. So yeah, it's like if I do something, I'm like, damn, man, I could have did better. I'm harder on myself, but he's hard on me too, but in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're gonna you those those things are gonna happen, but um. As long as you stay solid and you guys, you, you have that understanding, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it just keeps me reaching because he's not going to let me settle because he didn't settle. 
So he knows that it would be an injustice for, for him to let me settle for average or mediocre. If he sees that God blessed me with a certain amount of talent, you know, that everybody has always seen, he's not going to let me settle for, for just being average with that, not without giving his best shot at it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he's hard on me um, in a different way, you know, and I, and I could tell if he's not feeling something, you know what I'm saying? I, I know him well enough now. You know, he's like, he's like a father to me, man. So I know him well enough now. If he's not feeling something, I know he's not feeling it. And, um, but the, the way we handle each other was with a lot of respect, you know what I'm saying? And that's the best thing about it. He's not one of them trainers that's gonna, you know, slap you around. He may cuss a little bit. That's cool though. We're men. It's all good. It's it's still a level of respect. You know what I'm saying? But he's gonna do what it takes to get the best out of me and anybody else that he's working with. Yeah, I would, I would, I would assume it would be that way. Like I would not want to look bad in front of Roy. You know what I'm saying? It happens, man. You know, you wanna you wanna make sure you can do your miles and you know, you made sure you did your sit-ups because it's like, you don't want to look bad. So yeah, I get yeah. it, man. I get it. But I, I know you touched on the pressure, but uh, leaving Vegas and now coming back, um, you know, you have a couple wins now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you, I guess, looking forward to show people a new Kevin Newman? Absolutely. The last time, you know, uh, me and Roy had a fight in Vegas, I lost. It was on Showbox. And um, I had no excuse. I just had a lot, lot of just a lot, a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? And now that we put all that stuff behind us, and a lot of people were blaming Roy for it. Roy didn't train me but a week for that fight. I went out to Pensacola. I worked with Roy for one week, and I left and came back and dealt with life. You know what I'm saying? We all deal with life. And um, so when people seen Roy in my corner, it was one of those things where everybody was putting the blame on him. And I'm like, y'all can't mm. put the blame on, on Roy. Roy. Roy didn't get in there and fight for me. And Roy didn't even train me for this fight. So how can y'all put the blame on him? So for me, it's like being gone two years, it's like now I got a, uh, if you want to call it a chip on your shoulder or a personal vendetta to show everybody that this is something totally, totally different. And and that's that's the thing. This is what we were working two years behind the scenes to get back to just a point like this to where we can be like, okay, now, now we, we see, you know, what these two have been working on, you know? So that's, that's the, that's the best part about it. And it's like the element of surprise, you know what I'm saying? Cause nobody, nobody knows, but I know he knows, he knows what we've been doing and that's the main thing, man. So um, I'm just looking forward to it, man. I'm, I just can't wait. I can't wait. I'm sure, man. I'm sure that's the answer I was looking for. Cause I'm, 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 I'm just looking at myself in your shoes, you know, yeah. and uh, I would definitely want to let the people see what I've been working on, you Absolutely. know, and the, like you spoke about the struggles in that gym, you know, you got to take out all that on your opponent Saturday night. Um, so <clears throat> I know, uh, Roy, we have you in studio. Obviously, uh, Deontay Wilder is scheduled to come back after saying that he may or may not retire. Um, what do you think about Wilder and his chances versus Robert Hellenius, who's coming off of two knockouts over Adam Kovnaki from Brooklyn? Yeah, well, Hellenius better be able to take a punch. That's the main thing. If you can't take a punch, you can hang it up. Did you know they were sparring partners? I understand that. That's what the headgear on is a whole different animal. Mm. If you can't take a punch with them 10-ounce gloves and no headgear, it don't care how much sparring you did. When it comes time to that real ring, 
is who gets there first most of the time, which I know Wilder's going to get there first because he's longer and he has more experience. But in most cases, in my opinion, guys would be crazy to fight a sparring partner unless they had got, got the better of that sparring partner in that time. So it's like, that's why we had a problem with the Jake Paul, Rockman situation. We can't figure out who really got the best of it, but we know Jake Paul still wanted to fight him. So it kind of rubbed us a little differently because mm -hmm. that just don't add up. You understand? He wants to fight you. He's sparred with you before. He knows what he's up against. He's not trying to lose right now. He's looking for a victory against a real boxer. And then we have the weight issue, so it just kind of looked kind of strange to us because I don't like those situations. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Now, don't get it wrong. Rockman had his reasons for saying, no, nah, this, that, this, so you just never know. But them sparring <laughs> situations, you can't judge a fighter by that. Him and Pearson has sparred before mm. several times. And I knew that, but I knew that Kevin Newman was going to be different than what Pearson, Chris Pearson knew before. Pearson, how do you say his name? Pearson. Um, Kevin Newman is a whole different guy now if he goes in there and uses this like he's been taught to use it. You understand me? Mm -hmm. So as long as Kevin Newman go in there and beat Kevin Newman, he ain't the same Chris Pearson that Kevin Newman that Chris Pearson knew. And that's why I was eager for that fight to happen because I know that Chris Pearson hadn't seen this version of Kevin Newman. Mm -hmm. So, so you don't think that Hellenius is taking this fight because he felt confident being Wilder's sparring partner? Like I said, Wilder just came off two losses. You think Wilder wants to lose again? So would he take a guy who he thought could possibly beat him if he wasn't almost sure mm. that he was the boss when that happened? I just don't see that. Uh, Hellenius is a great opportunity for him because at least he does know about the big right hand. He knows what to be susceptible of, of for and what to watch out for. So that's good on his part. He may be saying, you know what? I sparred with the guy, but I've got, he could be like Kevin. He could say, I done got, I've gotten better now. So he could be looking at that that way too. That's true. But I just, in my opinion, like I said, if you don't have an excellent chin and you go in there with the brown bummer, you don't watch yourself, you're going to have problems. So me going in, I'm going to go with Wilder off top just because I know Wilder also knows what he's up against. So, And unless this guy has changed trainers and gotten a whole lot better, I can't see him beating Wilder. What about you, Kevin? What do you think uh, in Wilder's comeback? The, I mean, the way Roy broke it down, it makes sense. Like, you're not going to pick a guy. You're going to lose, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. But, but you were in that situation. Who yeah. picked two in this fight? I mean, did Chris, did they already have the opponent for you? Yeah, they, they was, they, they, it was just a list of guys and they were just like, okay, well, cool. Here's one. I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, um, but as far as that, that situation with, with Wilders, like, yeah, like he said, if you don't got the best chin and you've been clipped a couple times dealing with the hardest puncher in boxing outside of Tank Davis, you're going to have, uh, some big problems on your hand, you know, and um, uh, I think Deontay Wilder, I think he might have got, he got his head, he got, it seems like he got, uh, he added new pieces to his team from what I've seen on social media, and, um, you know, it seems like he got his head on the right track, so, you know, making them changes, that's what it's all, that's what it's all, that's what it's always about when you take a setback, it's reinventing yourself in another way, whether that be mentally or, or even physically with the, with some new people around you, you know, that's gonna uh, make you do better, so I'm looking forward to the fight, though. And I must say, too, I got to give a shout-out to my man, Bones Adams, because Bones Adams is a good trainer, a good guy, but Bones Adams has sense enough to look at Newman and say, you know what, I got him as far as I can get him. If you gonna ever, if anybody can get the, the best of you out of you, you need right. to go see Roy. You know, and most trainers don't have, they have too much ego to give a guy to somebody that they think can help. I will always 
give homage to Bone because Bones because he cares for Kevin. If he didn't care for Kevin, he just kept Kevin with himself for himself Absolutely. and got the most he can got him and just kept it at that. But he told him, no, you won't ever advance. If Roy can't get it out you, then it ain't coming out. Absolutely. And that's just what the facts were. Roy, I got to ask you your thoughts. Um, recently announced uh, Dimitri Bivol coming off his big win against Canelo, defending his title against Surdo Ramirez, who we've seen be champion at 168. Now at uh, he is at light heavyweight. What do you think of that fight? And the possibility that if Ramirez wins, we don't see the Canelo fight because Canelo says he won't fight any Mexicans. Well, that's not true. That's going to change because there's a Mexican hunting Canelo. If you don't fight uh, um, David Benavidez within the next year or two, it's going to be hard for you to go back to Mexico because David Benavidez has made very publicly that he wants him. You can't say I don't fight Mexicans and you beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It just don't, it's not adding up to us. Mm. So we're not saying that those fights can't or won't be made. I don't buy that because in my opinion, there's more than one way to say no to a fight. So maybe you're trying to put the David Benavidez, Benavidez fight off for a while. And by saying that, you're excluding all Mexicans. But we know David Benavidez wants you. And he's going to beat pretty much everybody else in the way until he gets to you. You understand me? So it's like Ramirez got, got, has, a whole, has a large order on his hands to beat uh, Bivol. If he does, he'll avenge the Mexican population because Bivol beat Canelo. Mm -hmm. But that's a tough situation for him, too, because Bivol ain't the average Russian normal fighter. Bivol is different. And people don't understand that. I told him that before he fought Canelo. I know Canelo shouldn't beat Bivol unless Bivol lay down. If Bivol don't lay down, Canelo not beating Bivol. And Ramirez is good. But I don't really see him beating Bivol. But now, if he goes in with a certain mindset, and it's not my job to tell him that mindset, but there is a certain mindset he can go in with, he can give Bivol some real problems. Mm. What do you think of that fight with Canelo? Let's say Bivol wins that fight with Ramirez. Canelo says he still wants that rematch. What can Canelo do, if anything, in your eyes, to be successful against Bivol? Just got to change the fight plan. The fight, oh, plan yeah. the fight plan he had in the beginning was totally wrong. Now, there's another fight plan, but once again... Can't tell him. I can't tell him. I, I can't tell him, but my point is that that same fight plan is the same fight plan you should have used against Floyd when he was 21. You didn't use it against Floyd when he was 21. You didn't use it against Bivol when you were 33. So it's like... Are you ever going to get that? We don't know. Are you even hungry enough to get that? You understand me? I don't know. But that fight plan has to be about hunger. Mm. So there's a couple of other upcoming fights. Um, obviously, Devin Haney has to go back to Australia. You both know him well. I mean, you basically came up with him. Uh, mm. Do you think he can do it again under the same circumstances? At least this time, we know Bill will get into the country on time. He's going to do it and do it better. Mm. Um, I have nothing but, you know, uh, faith in that kid. You know, I, I've came up with him since he first started, you know, um, me and him talk about it all the time. And he was seven years old. He turned eight. He called me seven in the morning. Kev, man, you coming to take me to the way so we could go fight, you know, calling me a little kid, just ready, man. And, you know, I've seen things in that kid that's just different, you know? So I understand like with him, um, that's going to be another easy night out for him. Um, and like I said, he could do it bigger and do it better this next time out. It's just all up to him and what he goes out there and decides to do. I think that um, that wasn't the, even the best of him that you've seen. You've seen him go out there and, and secure the victory and dominate from round one to 12. But he did that with just a jab. 
Now imagine when he puts both hands behind it. Mm. And 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 maybe maybe he wants a little bit more respect or a little bit more just do. Maybe he might just want a little more and then we'll see what we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He could he could come out there and and put, put stoppage. You just never know, you know. So I mean, I believe in him, man. He's gonna go out there, like I said, and um I know Bill's gonna have a great game plan for him and uh his team that they have. And of course I'm gonna give him my little pointers like I always do. You know, that's that's family. So mm-hmm. um I just look for I'm just looking forward to it. Roy, you think uh, Haney gets it done again versus Cambosos in Australia October 15th? Yeah, I do. I think he definitely gets it done again. It's, like Kevin said, it's just a matter of how he chooses to get it done. Uh, if you beat him with one hand, you definitely can beat him with two or should be able to beat him with two. So it's just a matter of him being comfortable, more comfortable this time because he's done it already. So it's like the first time was the most pressure, and Cambosos didn't use the pressure to his favor. This time, the pressure's on him. So Devin has nothing to worry about. This time, Devin can relax because he's been there and done that now and do it to the way that he really wants to do it now. Last time, he had to be a little bit more cautious because he had never been there before. He had 50,000 people rooting against him. He had never been overseas to fight somebody like that, of that caliber, and that guy was the champion. All these things he had never faced before. Now he's been there, done that. should be much easier for him the second time. Roy, who do you see giving Devin his biggest challenge? I mean, he's been at 35 his whole career. You know, uh, we saw him and Javante Davis have a recent back and forth. Javante saying, like, you know I'm the man. They're literally having one right now. Oh, wow. Right now, uh, as we're having this show, <laughs> Devin says, this guy's a clown. Say I want to be like him. Everybody getting money, shopping at the same stores, buying the same cars, doing all the same shit. Been the same cycle forever. Tell that insecure punk if he got a problem with guys across town having much, as excuse me, having just as much as him to jump off a bridge. <laughs> you heard that. Then he said, <laughs> then he said, now go to the store and get some belts. And before that, he said, he never gonna fight nobody. He 27 with a Mickey Mouse belt and the best person on his resume is Pedraza. Get the fuck out of here. Palm <laughs> on my face, clown emoji. So it's definitely a fight I want. I've been to numerous tank fights. I love that crowd. I've been to numerous Haney fights. I love that crowd. I've never been to other fights where they I've seen that many different Lamborghinis and that <laughs> many colors. I want to see those crowds come together. This is a fight I would love. Again, I'm going to start with you because you've been in the gym probably yeah. with both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how does this one go? And if I, I understand it, it's a little close to home if you can't pick a winner because yeah. you watch them both come up. It's understandable. I'm, I'm rocking with Dev mm. through whatever. Anybody you put in front of him in 35 and 40, I'm rocking with the kid. Like I said, I seen the kid from when he was a young kid. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? All the way up. And I know the skills that he has, the confidence that he has, his work ethic is, is crazy. You know, um, so I'm I'm rocking with him. It's 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 all it's to me, you know, everybody, of course, everybody has a puncher's chance, you know, and um, you know, tank that that Devin versus Tank is a great fight. You know, that's not an easy fight for either guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, but I'm rocking with, with Haney through through anything. Were you man. there when they sparred at Floyd's? I was there, I was there, but I had a fight the next day. So I was I came, uh, Floyd had called everybody to the gym because he wanted uh, everybody to watch them box. And um, I came, but they was taking too long. I'm like, man, I got to fight. I got to fight tomorrow. So I wasn't there specifically when they sparred, mm-hmm. but I heard I heard about the session, though. I mean, you know, every I think everybody heard about it. Everybody heard about it. Bill, Bill, make sure we hear about it. Yeah, Bill, 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 Bill is that dude, man. When you talk about, when you talk about, uh, 
a real, you know, uh, father. Um, dude Absolutely. backs his kids, man. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I admire, something that I look up to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he has his kids back through whatever, man. And he, he pushed them to be great. And you can't do nothing but respect that, you know. Absolutely. So shout out to shout, shout out to BH, the great. Shout out to BH. For real. He is, I mean, I mean, we say it all the time. It's like the type of father he is, like to have Devin in his life and still be the type of father he is to every other child. Yeah. Like he still, like he'll show up to our show. We go live 6 a.m. This is our second studio. We have a morning studio that we do from 6 a.m. to around 9 a.m. Bill would drop the kids off and pop up like eight in the morning, seven thirty in the morning. Like yeah, just drop the kids off. At still school. be with the wife in the car. Like he's a super duper role model for mm-hmm. real. Like people may not know, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bro, any upcoming on, no, fights? Bro, ain't give his thoughts on that. Bro, how do you see that Devin Haney, uh, Javante Davis? I think it's a tough fight for both fighters. It's a matter of who goes out and has their way. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about Devin is he can box or he can brawl a little bit. Uh, we know Tank is better at brawling than he is at boxing, but he did show us against the last guy that he can box when necessary. Mm-hmm. So um, it's an interesting fight, and what it is is one of those fights that the fans love, and I think it will bring everybody out. Um, Devin is one of those guys that I think, in my opinion, I was going to tell you earlier, I forgot uh, his name slipped my mind, but he's one of those guys that I think those guys that want to be the best at their weight class. He wants to be the best, and to want to be the best, you got to want to fight the best. So when he re- makes reference to the guy's Tank has fought. He's basically telling you that, look, he hasn't fought in the battle to prove that he's the best. I'm willing to fight whoever necessary, whoever's necessary to prove that I'm the best. Mm-hmm. That's what I look for in boxing. I want guys that want to play king of the hill. Devin wants to be king of the hill. And I tell you another dude that's going to be a problem down the line too, and it's a matter when they catch up, is Shakur. When Shakur comes up and wait a little bit more, which he's coming, when these fights start to materialize and they start catching, getting these catch weight fights for people like Haney, Shakur, uh, Garcia. This this thing will get interesting between 140 and 135. It's going to get highly interesting because some of the guys are already big enough to make 140. Some of them are already big enough to make 47, but they're still fighting at the lower weights just to get their name built up right. At some point, they're going to have to cross that bridge. So when it's all said and done, who the last man standing? You know, it's going to be, in my opinion, in my opinion, just my humble opinion, it's going to be between Haney and Shakur. Mm. That's what everybody's saying, too. And I like Garcia, too. I ain't going to count him out, but I want to see what happens with him and Tank because I think the first one of them that hits the other is going to be the winner of that fight. That's going to be a very interesting one to see as well. Have you seen, have you liked what you've seen from Ryan in his last two fights working with Goosen now that he's no longer with Eddie Reynoso? I love love what I've seen in Ryan. You know, I always thought Ryan had the speed and the explosiveness to make any fight interesting. Now, I didn't like the fact that he was dropped over there by the guy in overseas Luke in London. Campbell, yeah. Luke Campbell. I didn't like that he was dropped by Luke Campbell because that, that, that showed me that if he's not smart and Tank gets to him first, Tank can get him out. But at the same time, it's a matter about how smart he is. And it's, it's like boxing, people don't understand, boxing maneuvers are different. And this is what Kevin Newman is learning right now. In his first day of sparring not long ago, he sparred a guy. He started too fast for me. And I had to tell him, hey, you can't start that fast because sometimes it only takes one. If you give that guy that one, it could be over. So with Tank and Ryan, Tank has to do just like he did with the last, with Roley. With Roley. You got to be careful and know what you're doing because you don't want to give Roley a shot. If Roley hits you one time, it could be over. Same with Garcia. But now we know that Tank has had that experience. 
because he did it with Roley. Roley ain't as good as Garcia, but he still had to have the same mentality as he going to have to fight Garcia. Mm-hmm. So if he can duplicate that, then we see what happens. Do you think that Ryan um, would have more success against a tank or against a, a somebody like Devin who boxes? Because it seems in his last couple fights, you know, despite of the outcome, you know, he ain't really cutting off the ring. So I wonder how is that going to be with a guy who can move, a guy like a Devin who's a boxer, who's on the outside. And pivots sh- so well. Shooting man. that jab, you get what I'm saying? Um, how do you think he fares against those guys? Well, this, this is why the Tank fight is so interesting. Tank showed you last fight against Rhoda that he can do some of those things too. That's why it's so interesting to me mm. as to who would catch who first. Um, the Devin Haney fight would definitely be harder for him because Devin ain't trying to go all in. Devin's smart. Devin's going to pick you, pop you, wait till you find this opportunity, then he'll get you. But he's not coming out to go all in. Mm-hmm. Tank sometimes comes out to go all in, and that gives you a better opportunity to get him too. So Devin would definitely be a more difficult fight for Garcia at right now, but don't just write Tank off because Tank showed against Rody. He can use his feet and box too when necessary. So it all depends on the mindset that Tank takes in there. I want to get your thoughts, obviously, as a legend, something that the – you know, boxing industry is kind of, uh, it's a debate, right? Like, a lot of people want Keith Thurman to give Jerron Boots Ennis that opportunity he needs, right? Keith doesn't want to be a gatekeeper. He's saying on interviews, I'm not a gatekeeper. He wants Crawford. He wants Earl Spence. Um, I think that this version of Keith, especially not being able to knock out Barrios, isn't yet 100%. Like, as a competitor, I would have took a, I don't know, you the you guys are the boxers. You tell me, Tank is knocking out Barrios and a grown-ass welterweight that moved up to 54 once in his career. He had to outbox Barrios. I don't really want to see you fight Jerron. You're not going to show me what I need to know from Jerron. I need to know, is he the goods? Is he as good as Earl and Crawford? Should he be in there with Earl and Crawford? Is Keith the guy to show us that? Ah, uh, Keith is not the guy to show you that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Keith, and you got to understand Keith's stance. Keith's stance, I understand that I struggled against that guy. So why would I go take a chance against him <clears throat> to let y'all find out with me, is he the goods or not, when I still think I can be the goods against the right guy? Mm. So let me take my chances still over here with my opportunity to fight the right guy. Let him go find somebody else to show y'all he the goods. Or if he goes out and proves he's the goods, then I'll fight him because it's worth my time just like it's worth his time. But right now, it's not worth my time to show y'all or to use me to find out if he's the goods when what do I gain from that? If I beat him, I'm supposed to beat him. If I don't beat him, I'm trash. I ain't going to get my shot. So he's looking at both sides of the coin. But and do you think Keith will open up a favorite over Jerron Boots Ennis? I don't know. I really don't know. What about you, Kevin? I think, I think with the Boots Ennis thing, I think it's one of those situations like it's similar to Roy. Um, you you know you've seen the talent you've seen what he has you see the the speed the power and him knocking guys out right it's very similar and then you you don't you didn't know it's going to be one of them situations where he's going to have to get in there with Crawford or Spence to find out if he's and just like he had to do it with James Tony he had to get in there with James for everybody to give him that just do you know what i'm saying yeah he beat B-Hop, but he had to get in there with the the number 1 pound for pound guy in the sport and and completely dominate him, and then everybody's like, okay, but yeah, this be- this guy's the real deal. But before Roy got in there, James had to give him the fight, and that's yeah, the thing. I, like, no, I know that, I know that, but I'm saying that's. I think that's the only way you're gonna find out about Boots and his being 
the real deal in that weight class because I, I don't think he's going to show that. With the, with the Keith Thurman, I think he beats Keith Thurman, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the guy. I think he needs the best guy in the division, whether that be Spencer, whether that be Crawford, to, to show that, you know, okay, this, this kid is the real deal. And it's, it's that type of, that's, that's the type of standard that I think that, uh, that he's at, honestly. So let me ask you guys, um, should and do you both as not only boxers but fight fans want the winner of Spence and uh, Bud to give Ennis a shot? Or if it's Crawford, do you want him to do what he said and go fight Charlo? Because he obviously has a thing with Charlie. called him a cheerleader. He wants some sauce with Charlo, so I really don't mind that. But you got boots there. Should the winner of that fight give that man an opportunity? Wait a minute. What's wrong with the loser giving him the opportunity? I mean, do we really want to put the loser <clears throat> off a loss in there with boots? I mean, it, they, I, they, 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 I don't they, even want Keith in there looking the but, way he looking in there with but, boots. But they're the top of the division. These two have risen to the top. So they don't need to lick their wounds after no, a loss. They, no, they don't. They need to go and show us that they still got it or that they still want to be the man. Because mm-hmm. if, for instance, if he beats Spence, I still want to see Spence in boots. Because Spence going to show me is Boots good enough to be the top man of the division or not. Because if he can't beat Spence, he ain't going to be the top man of the division. Or if Spence beat Crawford, then I still want to see Boots fight Crawford to show mm. me that he's still good enough to overtake the division or Crawford said, no, nah, he's not ready yet. So that's going to still prove the point. More so than him fighting... Um, Charlo. No, no, more so than... Thurman. Thurman, yeah. More, okay. than, more so than him fighting Thurman. Because these two dudes are the top of the division. You understand me? So one of them lose, that don't mean much. They still the top of the welterweight division. If the other one goes on to, to like, if if he goes on to fight uh, one of the Charlo brothers, then yeah, I want to see Spence fight Boots because if 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 Crawford leaves the division after he beats Spence, Spence still the man of the division. Mm. If Spence leaves the division after he beat Crawford, Crawford still the man of the division. Really? Of course. Crawford lost? Hell no! You, I'm gonna hey, be like, hey, yo, hey, you gotta hey, fight Boots hey, now. Hey, but you lost to the best. You did. You lost to the best. But now there's someone else out there that that's got a claim to that. No, 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 no. And so as they're claiming he might be the best, well, yo, you lost to the best, the best gone. So if you lost to the best, that's the only person you lost to, you the best right now. Mm. Now, you want to prove you the best, you come fight me. Because the best left, I'm the best now. Mm. You understand me? So you want to prove you the best, you come fight me. Not nobody else. I'm the best. When he leave. I swear I was going to make that the last one. This is the last one, gentlemen. <laughs> this is the last one, gentlemen. Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk. Does it happen? Who wins? Go ahead, Kel. Um, Tyson Fury, Usyk, I, I'm going with Fury in that one. Um, I think he's, what is he, like 6'8 or something like six, that? 6'9. Six, 6'9. Nine. Nine, um, like, 275. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, I think, and with his skill set, and, you know, as much of a, he is a dog. Tyson Fury's a dog, you know, and he knows how, he knows all the dirty tricks in the game. He's going to lean on you. He's going to mm-hmm. use his size. He's going to use everything to his advantage, and he can box off the back foot. I mean, I just don't see... Yusuk being big enough or having enough to beat him. Maybe he might give him a little bit of trouble, but um, I just think that Tyson Fury is just, I mean, he's huge, man. I mean, and he's already, he's beat, he beat the uh, the bronze Vlad, bomber. Man. He beat Vlad. He beat all these guys. And, um, you know, he, he, I don't know, man. He's just, he's just the guy right now. He just really is the guy. And I just see that, you know, Yusuk, like I said, he could cause a little bit of trouble, but He's a little older now. I think he's what 35, 36 or something like that. So he's getting he's getting up there. So it's like it's like that fight has to happen now. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with with Bud. I think Bud is what 34, 35. 34. So it's like yeah, like even you know just to cut back to that situation, if Bud don't get Spence, he need to go up there and fight Charlo. 
and make something happen with that. But I think that Tyson Fury, uh, I think he beats beats Usyk, and I think it'll be competitive early on. But I think that he just he, I think he might maybe even be able to get a stoppage. Honestly, what mm. about you, bro? Are you picking Big Loma? Big no. Loma. <laughs> no, no, I'm not picking Big Loma because one thing Big Loma lacks is explosiveness. Mm. And to be the little man fighting the big man, you got to have explosiveness. That's why I wasn't afraid to go to the heavyweight division. I knew I had explosiveness. So anywhere I go, I'm taking explosiveness with me. If you don't have explosiveness, it's going to be difficult to beat a bigger man. That's why they say usually a good big man beats a good small man because if y'all both got the same tools, then he has an advantage. Now, put on top of that, he's 6'9". How -hmm. you going to reach him? So it's like people don't understand that that's what makes the... Tyson Fury, dream fight against Mike Tyson, dream fight against Muhammad Ali. What makes them so difficult to call the outcome is not his skill level, his height along with the skill level. And the reason. He's very smart. He leans he's, back too, bro. Uh, this is what I'm saying. He's very smart, but he's 6'9". That's not normal. Guys, not, you don't beat a 6'9 heavy bag. You don't find many 6'9 sparring partners. Mm-hmm. You don't get the opportunity to prepare for that. Because that's Let different. alone they move the way that he moves. That's mm-hmm. my point. He got skill to go along, go along with all that. So with that advantage, I got to give it to him. Let me, all right, we're leaving. He, we're no, leaving. hold on. We're you, leaving. That was your last one, last one for me. What? what? You throwing in one too? One more. <laughs> Roy, just because we, we was talking heavyweights, who's the next American heavyweight champion of the world? Man, it's hard to say because I haven't really seen a lot of up-and-coming heavyweights. You understand me? But there are some good ones coming. I've seen a few. and um. You know, I'm going I'm to keep it real with you. One guy who I thought could have became heavyweight champ, and if he gets the right toolage, he still is a, is a possibility, and that's Big Baby. Mm. With I Miller? Think, yeah, I think no, Big Baby. I, big I baby. think the other Big Baby. I you talking about Anderson? Jared yeah, I Anderson? Think, I think Jared Anderson yeah. is the next Which one. Which one? You talking about the young one? He's talking one? about Big Baby Miller. I'm talking about Big Baby Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, talking yeah. about Anderson. I Anderson. like Big Baby's movement. I like Big Baby's hand speed with the right people in his corner. Big Baby can really be a problem because he has something that most heavyweights don't have. We don't see a lot of fluidity in the heavyweight division now. Big Baby had that. And I just feel bad because he went the wrong route with it, but he had some good things. Mm. Kevin, now hopefully what? he hears this, man. Y'all get together, man. Kevin, now what you were saying? I said, I said the other, other Jerry. Jerry. And I like, I like, I like Big Baby Miller. Don't get me wrong, he's a real cool guy. You know, we 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 chopped it up a few times every time. It's all love every time I see him, but I think that Jared Anderson. The kid that Jay Prince got, I think that that kid is a uh, he's special. He, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 nice. I've seen for, for I've it. seen I've seen people yeah, work yeah. out, bro. I've never seen a heavyweight other than Fury. I feel like I've seen Fury yeah. once or twice with ankle weights, but I never seen a heavyweight work out that with ankle can, weights. That dude box, work man. out with ankle weights, and I just never seen him that much yet because I heard a lot about him. I say yeah. I haven't seen him, mm-hmm. but they did tell me he's the goods. Yeah. And from what I've seen, yeah. he probably will be the next because he hasn't had a. Lost nothing to throw him off track, so he'll probably be the next heavyweight champ. But both big babies, I think, one of the two going to be the next champ. He no, come well, out your, yours he, has got a, a quicker route. He's actually in a WBA title fight coming up pretty soon, I think in Colombia or something. So he's going to eventually fight in the UK on uh, Frank Warren, Greg Cohen co-promotions. Mm-hmm. So big baby's been moving since he's mm-hmm. been back. Well, Roy, Roy likes Shakur, so I think you're definitely going to like Jerry. You know, they train mm-hmm. out the same gym mm-hmm. and... Uh, We've been fortunate for a while to be able to get in there. Special. Awesome. He's special. He's special. But Roy, Kevin, thank you both very yes. much for joining us in studio. I know it's fight week for you. We yeah. wish you the best on Appreciate Saturday. Y'all, man. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick intermission, take a picture with yeah. you, and uh, we'll be back to finish up because we still got some things to handle. But yes, Bo. 
Oh man. What we do here is go back, 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 We bet. All right. So that was an amazing, amazing interview. Shout out to Kevin Newman and Roy Jones for joining us. Um, so obviously he talked a lot about Dimitri Bivol. He seems high on Bivol. Bivol took the fight with Gilberto Ramirez. And, uh, you know, we're here to discuss outside of being with Roy and Newman that that undercard has been fully announced. And yes. it's a great one. We talked a little bit about it in the opening part of the show. Yes, um, yes. But I think that I'm most excited about the Jor Cordina fight. Um, only really because it puts the pressure on Bob Arum. You know, now Shakur is making a defense. Cordina's making a defense. Do we get that unification for Undisputed? I think there's one more belt out there. Um, what is it? But it is... Ogawa, right? Ogawa. Ogawa has the belt. No, no, no. Cordina no. beat Ogawa, so then... So there's two belts. The IBF and the WBA is out there because uh, Shakur has the WBO, oh, WBC. Oh, Roger Gutierrez. Roger Gutierrez. Actually, Hector has that now. Hector Garcia. Oh, yeah. yeah Hector Garcia. Who's called him. out for Shakur? He's called for a Shakur fight, and Shakur tweeted to the article like, you know, that's not really what he wants. So, um, yeah, I'm excited because, you know, Gutierrez just lost to Garcia, so he's available. All Shakur has to do is win, and he can get into negotiations with Garcia, which obviously means he's got to deal with Bobby De Los Santos and, you know, um, Louis de Cubas. But if that doesn't work out, you can deal with Eddie and Joe Cordina across the pond, and maybe Shakur would go over there. He's told us he would go over there. He was willing to go to Leeds for... Um, Cordina, right? No, the other kid from Leeds. 
The Ooh. one that lost to Warrington, Lara. Warrington. Exactly. Josh Warrington, yes. Uh, whatever it is, if they want that fight with Shakur, they better move quick. Because I know that he doesn't plan to... Stay to, in the division? Yeah, to stay, to, to wait around regardless of what it is. You know, whether it be a unification next for him after his fight September 3rd against Kasakao, or whether it be for him to vacate and move up to lightweight. You know, I know that whatever decision he chooses to make, it's going to um, occur, and it's going to occur, I believe, in a rather quick matter. For sure, man. Uh, again, that's why I'm excited that Eddie was able to put this together. This is part of that new deal that they've done in the Middle East. Right. As this it's a series. Right. This fight's taking place in Abu Dhabi. So, big fight, man. I'm excited for it. I, I think that uh, Abu Dhabi is a great venue, a great city. The UFC has done countless, countless, countless events out there. All have been big, have been successful events. So, I'm excited to see boxing back out there. And it's funny, Ness, because I don't know if you remember, before the canelo Bivol fight even took place, I wasn't mad, and I was even calling because there was rumors of that fight potentially taking place in the Middle East uh, with everything that was going on with Russia and the Ukraine. I was pushing for it. I'm like, yo, obviously there's a big uh, Muslim community in the mm -hmm. Middle East. You know, I remember you saying that. Take it out there. And, you know, we get to see now Bivol out there in the UAE. I'm excited. Uh, you know, Which is crazy I've because normally... Rick, I've, told, I've told Rick, I'm like, you know, I got a passport, mm. you know, so make it I was going to say, it's crazy because normally when you have a Mexican as big as Gilberto, you know, he has a fairly decent name. You usually try to cater to the Mexican demographic to, to get a, a fully well, packed arena. I, I will say, I will say, you know, uh, Dubai and um, Abu Dhabi are about an hour and a half drive from each other, right next to each other. Mexico City has nonstop flights mm. to Dubai. Nice. So, you know, it wouldn't be a hard fight to get to as far as, you know, having to go out of your way, get too many flights or anything like that. So, Well, that, 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 that definitely makes it better for the traveling fans, but we will be watching it uh, live from studio doing our version of a fight companion, and you can catch that on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash The Boxing Voice. Um, I think outside of that, like I said, Should I'm looking it. I'm looking forward to just the Joe Cordina fight. Um, you know, I'm excited for the Jessica McCaskill and Chantel Cameron. Undisputed and that's fight. the other big fight on that card outside of Bivol and Zurdo. But once again, just want to give my, you know, take my hat off for Eddie. Also, it being a new territory, if I had to send someone in there, It'd be Eddie, really. Like, you see what he did with Miami. You, we seen what he did with Saudi. The only place he really didn't make a splash was here in America, but he did good in Chicago. He went to certain markets where he still did fairly well. And uh, like I said, if I have to send a promoter to represent us, it would be him. He puts on events. Absolutely. No, uh, absolutely. And he's done that, and they're all about putting on events like you mentioned, the Miami show that he did with Canelo last year. And, you know, Eddie, he's very innovative. He's uh, savvy and youthful. So I think that he gets it. He's shown that he gets it. And I'm sure that they'll do big things as this is, like you said, a partnership. It will be a continuing thing going on uh, moving forward in the UAE for a matchroom. 
Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I do want to tell you, we may be going live here on Tuesday. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We're just going to test the internet. Um, but uh, we, we are enjoying our time here at Blue Wire Studios. We're definitely going live, according to the engineers and, uh, and Bo in the back. So uh, we look forward to bringing you this particular program live here from the wind in Las Vegas. I am Nesta Gibbs. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at NestGTO. And you can catch my co-host Ringwalk Danny at... Ringwalk Danny on all social media platforms. We are the Boxing Voice. Catch us tomorrow, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. To the next one. Arriba Derch.